Hello, it's Jack Tudor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Vern Avila, a musician based in Portland, Oregon, born in Italy. Vern runs EMS Records. She makes incredible music as Avila. Most recently, a split with Leather Jester that accompanied a tour that they recently did and that we talk about in this conversation. Also, Spatial Relation on Siege, many others. One consistent factor seems to be just the liveness of it, the sensation of pure piping hot now that runs through Vern's work. All of these synthesizers and electronic devices feel like that they're trying to wriggle off the table and they're having to be clamped down and yanked back. This split release with Leather Jester, uh, Vern's side centers on a big drone, but even that has this fidgety momentum to it. And Vern is so lovely in conversation. I, I had such a good laugh speaking to Vern about her important records. I really hope you enjoy this one. I should say, actually, so... If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, 18th of June, Vern is playing a show in Seattle today at Gallery 1412 in Seattle. So go and see her perform. There's a couple of other dates coming up as well. So yeah, you can head over to verns.world to check those out. And head over to attentionmagazine.co.uk forward slash crucial listening where I will collate some links there. And if you want to support the podcast, go to ko-fi.com forward slash crucial listening, where I'm taking one-off or monthly donations to support the upkeep of the show. Thank you so much for listening as always. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. The anecdotes in this one are really good. This is Vern Avila on Crucial Listening. Hello, Vern. Welcome to Crucial Listening. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. So you're here to talk about three important albums, among other things. Namely, to begin with, you're about to go on tour as we're recording. It will have happened by the time this comes out, but tour starts April 19th. So you're going with Leather Jester. Um, Where are we? We're like just over a week away now. What is preparing for tour look like for you and specifically on this tour as well um well it's been booking this tour has been really awesome um but it's also been uh a little nostalgic because it's it's like starting from the very bottom you know since covid happened Mm. everyone i knew doesn't do the same things and like certain clubs aren't open anymore and things are just very very different and 
uh, also, you know, I tried to book a lot of, as much as I could outside, we have an electric generator and our own PA system. So I just figured, you know, like, let's, let's try to make it more accessible to people who would mm. want to go to a show, but not be comfy inside. And we, we managed to book a couple of those, but also just like, you know, we're, uh, just reaching out to people I've never talked to and like playing like all the shows are really early, which is cool. Yes. <laughs> They're all, just I saying. Think the, the latest show we have starts at seven and ends at nine. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm getting chills just hearing that. That's I know. so good. And, and the earliest is, uh, I think we have one show that's 4 p.m. <laughs> oh. We have to be there at three o'clock to load in. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Yeah, it's really, it's it's just great. I'm really happy we'll be able to go to bed whenever we want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. It's been really fun. And yeah, just, you know, reaching out to friends and finding couches and mapping out hotels if needed and things like that it's been it's been exciting so i'm hopeful that we're we're gonna have a good good time at least hey and in terms of your own life set do you tend to shape stuff much beforehand or do you rock up and see how you feel how does it tend to go um i have like a set of parameters that i provide myself with Mm -hmm. uh but and like tools but yeah i i usually per show will just kind of feel it out um if it's like a bunch of like curmudgeony people i'll get really obnoxious and loud (laughs) (laughs) you know like um if it's you know if it's people who look like they're there to have a good time you know i'll be maybe i'll i'll make something more dancey happen or mm-hmm. if it just seems really mellow i'll go into the drone you know just kind of like try to feel the feel the vibe out a little bit and just have fun um yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice i mean i'm intrigued as well about those shows outside I mean, is that something you've done much of before yeah um starting like in the summer of 2020 started going to like a lot of outdoor events portland was particularly nuts in 2020 in the summer because of the blm uh, demonstrations there's like 120 some odd days straight of demonstrating here in town wow um and there were a lot of like outdoor things going on and it kind of like started a whole i don't know i guess not necessarily a trend but like a few people just started really like going for it outside and it's been really great just being able to just like set up in a park by a train yard so you don't have to worry about anybody complaining about noise (laughs) and just going for it you know that's great (laughs) yeah awesome um and you've also got a split release as well with yourselves and and uh with yourself and leather jester um yeah i'm intrigued as to i mean was this piece made specifically for the split yeah Uh, Uh, it was i yeah i wanted to do a split with them leather so leather jester is my husband and one of my nearest and dearest friends andy brack um Mm -hmm. and yeah they you know i don't i'm i don't know if you listen to their side too i'm sure you did Mm -hmm. um but they just have like this incredible sense of humor and uh 
I just really wanted something. I wanted to make something that was just like, it's, you know, it's been a while since I've done a drony thing and mm-hmm. I just wanted something that I thought would, you know, feel fun to do to kind of set up what was about to happen on the other side. <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, what I liked about it is obviously you mentioned the fact that it was a, you know, a drone, but it's one of those things where a drone is almost a misnomer because there are some like prolonged tonal elements, but yeah. it's frenetic. Like there are bits of it that don't want to sit down, you know, um, which I really like. You know, it's got this kind of twitchiness to it, which is super appealing to me. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what are your what are your memories of putting that one together? I mean, it sounds like with your quote unquote process, it's quite sounds like it's quite rapid. You kind of just let the moment take you, right? When you're when you're sitting down and doing something. But um, yeah, when did you make that piece, and what are your memories of actually putting that one together? Um, so I've been studying with a friend of mine who's a doctor of Chinese medicine and um, they've been teaching me like qigong methods and also how to play court singing bowls while implementing those qigong like exercises Um, and I had spent the afternoon with her droning for about two hours (laughs) on the bowls Um, and I came home and was just like I'm ready to go. (laughs) I just like like, went upstairs to my synthesizer and I was just like, let's go. And I just like, I droned for like a couple hours. And (laughs) oh, lush. That's so good. Um, And so that was just like, I just did that. And then I, I just was so inspired and I was just like going to Crackle Town and just, (laughs) I just let it go. And and then um, took the recording, brought it into my, my recording collage zone and just kind of cut it up and messed around with it a lot to bring it down because it was like two hours of sound originally and i i was like okay well this this isn't good for a 20 minute split (laughs) we gotta gotta edit it down here (laughs) yeah yeah Um, but i just like kind of let that all kind of guide me too so i just you know went through and put it all together and yeah that's that's how it came to be <laughs> oh great it's really yeah. cool i will link to it in the show notes so people can dive in um oh, <laughs> the other thing i wanted to touch on here is your project with daniel menchi which is bear spray which mm. i think enough people have already said but the kind of promo pics you've been putting out of the two of you are just splendid so nice <laughs> <laughs> There's some beautiful smiles and power tools in one of them, which is just 10 out of 10. Um, so I understand you and Daniel are, are pals. Um, yeah, how did Bear Spray start out with the two of you? Um, I don't... It just... I think we were just like, let's try to play music together. <laughs> um, and I went into it like understanding that it could very well be terrible and that I might let him down Um, (laughs) and, or he, you know, like it just might not work and that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And we, we played in his living room for like an hour and both of us afterwards were like, Oh my God, that was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and so we just, we don't get together too often, especially now because of the pandemic and everything that kind of like, mess things up um Mm -hmm. 
but when we do get together it's always really fun and we just kind of like you know it the whole the, you know he's just like okay you go high i go low or you go <laughs> low i go high and that's it and like he just he'll he'll just call out like what frequencies one of us is going to take over for for the session um and then oh, wow. just go for it you know yeah <laughs> and, oh, that's great. and see what happens <laughs> i love that um, yeah it's so, so much fun is there a, a release then forthcoming um we've been working on some new stuff uh i'm hoping in the next couple months yeah we'll have something ready to go nice. we're both we both have a lot of fun but when we're done and we listen to things back we're both hypercritical and are never <laughs> right. happy so <laughs> um so you know we just have to get to that point where we're, we have a lot of fun and really like what happens right when we yeah, listen yeah. to it again <laughs> <laughs> you're right gotcha okay well here's hoping yeah. i'd yeah. love to hear more um so then let's go to your important records now so okay one question i like to ask at this point is how you thought about the word important when picking this list i mean was there a way that you understood important in order to come up with the three records that you did yeah when when i thought of important records i just immediately thought of the ones that made inspired me the most and like they're just like the most valuable to me in like the memory bank you know um mm -hmm. and and yeah so i just picked i yeah i picked the ones that like i have the strongest like emotional response to um mm. every time i listen to it <laughs> wicked great answer yeah. so let's go for your first one then which one do you want to talk about first um i guess we could go in kind of the order that i gave them to you so i think the first one i said was um the fragile but yes uh -huh. yeah okay cool uh, yeah <laughs> hi so um to start with, yeah, give me a little introduction then as to why this one is is on the list, why it's important to you. So I heard this record for the first time when I was like, I think maybe 17 years old, mm -hmm. and I just lost it. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was just like, what is... I think I found it because of i think somebody showed me that movie buffalo 66 and there's that scene in the bowling alley with heart of the sunrise that like famous scene mm -hmm. and when i when that song started at that moment i was like you know the scene is cool or whatever but what's this fucking song <laughs> <laughs> and then i found the album and i was just like i listened to it I think maybe 10 times just over and over oh, and over wow. again, like immediately. It was just like, this is insanity. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just shredder insanity and it's taking me everywhere. And I'm so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so when, like when you discovered that record, what were you listening to at that point? Like what did your taste look like at the moment you came into discovering this one? um let's see so 16 17 that's when my i mean we all have a lot of regrets from the, <laughs> our developmental days you know but yeah. around then i had like i was like solidly into like aphex twin and mm. really really into i just learned about the melvins and 
I was into like a lot of weird stuff. Like I was really, I was going to raves occasionally because they were still kind of happening. Um, and I was going to a lot of shows like metal shows and punk shows because I lived really close to an all ages venue when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so my taste had already been kind of all over the place. I had recently at that point discovered synthesizer music. Like I, I had, uh, you know, started collecting like Moog records and stuff like anything with a Moog on it. I started collecting that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of in this like art. I had very much started really digging into like the wild and weird world of like expansive music and just like music that, that was far from four, four, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so you discover this one, you listen to it a lot of times in quick succession mm-hmm. so i imagine there's a few records as well that kind of fit that criteria right of being ones that you're like oh shit and then you listen to a lot but what is it about the fragile that then made it an important record or as you say like made it one that had an influence on you like what happened after that point um well i got I mean, I got really into Yes in the 70s, like any Yes record. All the artwork started becoming like really important for me because all mm. the artwork on those records is just incredible. I'm also a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Right, um, right. <laughs> and they were like tapping into that like fantasy zone. Um, yeah. And I started listening to that record anytime I went on a road trip or was like, you know, if I had a friend come into town from somewhere they, you know, and they'd never been before, like I would put on the fragile and we'd drive to Bodega Bay or, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it was always the like, oh, we're going to go on an epic journey. Let me throw on this mind blowing <laughs> album for you. Like, <laughs> have you ever heard the fragile by yes? Oh no, you haven't. Here you go. Like, <laughs> wow. oh, that's uh, great. so it just became like, you know, I have like memory of, um, being incredibly hungover in an RV with my my parents and some friends visiting from Boston and for some reason my parents decided that that was the day that we were going to go empty out the septic tank for the <laughs> RV and we were going to do it as a whole group and I threw on the fragile while we were driving there and we were all just like miserable and trying to like smile by like listening to this album <laughs> And like you know, like getting to the to the station where we had to empty the tank out, and just like remembering that smell while the music is still blasting. Oh know? man! Like, and wow, all of us feel terrible, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised the record has survived that memory. To be honest, that you know, know the waft doesn't come back, and you're like, oh no, not anymore. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> So Heart of the Sunrise was the one that connected with you initially Mm -hmm. because of the film. So were there any other tracks as well that when you started to get into the record, you were like, oh, this one's really connecting? The very first track, like Mm -hmm. just you think it's over like 10 times and then it keeps coming back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you get these like fake outs. You're like, oh man, that was, oh shit. (laughs) You know, like. Yeah. Like just like ripping and ripping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so good. Oh, yeah. And you know, the other thing is when I was a little kid, my, my mom played classical guitar 
and mm -hmm. she she got me into like more proggy music as a little one like her favorite one of her favorite bands is jethro tall and she like she showed me vandergraaf generator when i was like 14 years old and she never she wasn't really a yes fan i don't she never really listened to them but i got her more into them i think oh interesting. Um, but i that was like another thing was like listening to the guitar and that like just kind of made me think of my mom a lot in a really beautiful way so mm. that's like another you know just tugging at the heartstrings a little yeah bit. <laughs> yeah yeah sure yeah um and this is the first record to feature rick wakeman right so mm. yeah. um were you paying any special attention to to rick because obviously you were on you, you say you were making your first foray into synthesizers so was that yes. part of the record that connected with you too absolutely i mean i you know i don't shred like that and probably never will um, <laughs> and that's okay i've accepted that but yes for sure like and and watching videos of him with like eight you know folks yeah, around yeah. And, and and his cape you know <laughs> just like just like top notch like absolutely top notch <laughs> yeah totally yeah wow um I mean, he's also as well. It sounds like that this 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 record had like an interesting backstory in terms of how it was written. Did, did like all the band members get like one track each or something? Um, so oh, like, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I okay. I, I from from looking at, it, I think it was a, a chunk of the record which was kind of written in a standard way, and then each band member got a track. So I think Bill Bruford's was like the thirty second one because it was his first thing he'd ever written. Um, oh wow okay but then rick well, rick, rick wakeman was under contract <laughs> still and so he couldn't do an, an original composition hence that like was it cans and brams piece which was his arrangement but he's called that dreadful what do you think of that one the second track it's definitely like wild that it just pops <laughs> yeah, up there yeah like I, that was like definitely another thing where i was like what <laughs> <laughs> what's going on like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. but but also you know like i i had heard switched on bach by wendy carlos already right. and so i was like oh of course this the synth guy's gotta show off their chops you know like yeah, oh what totally. are we also classically trained cool like, <laughs> <laughs> rip it and grip it my yeah, dude all 100%. right <laughs> um, and have you seen them I, I don't know what their situation was in terms of like when they put themselves to bed or whether they came back i'm not really plugged into yes but did you ever get the chance to see them live or anything um i haven't seen them live they they do play occasionally at casinos and stuff and oh really i they play like every few years and i should have gone and seen them last time because i think they're probably not coming back again um but i'm not like I'm not as into their 80s and 90s stuff. My husband really loves it. Um, right. He's more he's more into like uh, weird smooth jazz like pro and that kind of stuff and like kind of mm -hmm. weird weird soft experimental music. I guess I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, right. Okay. And and I don't. I'm I'm really more of a like 70s yes guy. So like I've <laughs> been pretty hesitant to go see them because i don't care as much about you know like <laughs> some yeah. of their later stuff and i know they're gonna pull from everything 
yes yeah and that's cool but (laughs) you don't need to sit through it yeah right i hear you yeah that's fair um so if we were to play a little clip of one of the tracks at this point yeah which track stands out for you now as you're thinking about the record uh we have heaven the third track nice the like round that i just that one always makes my arm hair raise up Okay, Van, let's go to your second important album. So I can't recall what was second that on the list. I think was Pamelia Kirsten, uh, mm. Thinking Out Loud. Yes. Cool. So yeah, yeah. Um, likewise with this one, if you could give me a little introduction as to why this one made the list. So this one I found at work. I used to work at Amoeba Records. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and... This came out while I was working there and one of my coworkers knew that I really like synths and stuff and he was like, hey, this this record just came out and it's this woman who plays a theremin. You should check it out. And I put it on and my eyes started watering like immediately. Wow. <laughs> like, right, I yeah. was just like, I, I was so moved by it. Um, it's just, for me, it's just like, it takes me into this like introspective place um where i just feel really comfortable like kind of zeroing out and like i i feel like i'm like going on a mind journey with her you mm. know um and my favorite part was the last song at the very end she she talks and she's like laughing because it's a live track and she's like ha like i just made a bunch of crazy sounds you know like bing bong 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 <laughs> just starts cackling and i was like oh my god this woman is incredible <laughs> and i i wrote her a letter um wow after i i listened to the album and i was like oh my god thank you so much for making this record like it's so beautiful you're so amazing you are an inspiration and i just i'm so grateful and she sent me something back she wrote out handwritten um a newspaper like on an eight and a half by 11 inch piece of paper called Pamelia kirsten's toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> and it's all like poop jokes <laughs> what no and, way and like there's even a crossword puzzle which is both in english and uh austrian um <laughs> because she lives in austria now uh and it's all the whole thing is handwritten backwards i'll send you a photograph of it um what wow yeah it's like handwritten backwards poop jokes <laughs> wow and and i was just like holy shit like you are from the same alien planet that i am <laughs> <laughs> That's and we still i still talk to her we're still like friends on the internet i've never met her in real life but like i really hope one day that we can like 
hang out. Like, I just want to hang out with her so bad. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, and so, so we've just cool. kind of been pen pals, and, and, and it's just so cool. But, yeah, every time, again, every time I listen to this record, it just, like, it, it takes me on this, like, journey, and I just love it. I love how you can, like, really get a sense of inside of her mind without her saying a single word, you know? Like, it's just, I think it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and where did the? How did this record kind of influence you or have or make an impression on you? Like, um, do you think that its influence is fed into how you think about what you do, or is it more, as you say, within the kind of realms of how it makes you feel when you're listening to it? I think it it inspired me to just let go more um Mm. and and feed into my instinct to just noodle and jam and like let my brain do everything without thinking about it um right yeah like you know like when i'm playing most of the time when i play music i don't i don't when i'm alone you know if i'm playing with someone else obviously i'm gonna try to work with whoever i'm playing with but (laughs) but like if i'm playing by myself i just can i don't need a structure i can just be like okay well body's going over here now i'm gonna we're gonna turn this knob and we're gonna unplug this cable and put it over here and we're Mm. just gonna see what happens and my brain will just go you know and we're just gonna we're gonna see what what comes out of it and and that i think really the confidence to do that came from listening to this album because I, I watched some videos of her performing and when she performs these songs, they're never the same because she's doing live looping and, and, and that's like, that's the vibe. Like that's, that's, that's how I have always played too. And so it was just like, Oh cool. Like, all right, well if she's hitting me this way, maybe I can, affect someone like that too by just like letting my psychic energy like take over the moment you know and like Mm. work in the space and stuff like that and yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know if that made any sense absolutely (laughs) well (laughs) as well i'm wondering because what i find interesting about sessions where you record music like that is you have a moment where i guess you get guided by those instincts and you just let yourself be subsumed by it but i guess we come back to the thing you were saying with bear spray where um you have that listening back where i suppose you've got them more of like a rational reflex that's kind of coming in and being like (laughs) you know what so what was happening here but like how how when you're listening back to your own music and like how what's the kind of ratio of stuff where you're like oh this is great like i've given this a bit of air i've come back to it and i'm still digging it or like um coming back to stuff and being like no i was having a great time in the moment but you know this isn't something i want to put out like how how much material do you end up putting out of the stuff that you actually make um honestly i put out most of it um which is cool and part of it is like i'm like oh well i don't think it's that bad (laughs) 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 um but if uh, I, I like that's usually like good for me. Like if I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm really <laughs> self-deprecating. <laughs> so, right, right, right. I'm just like, maybe somebody will like it. But also, I have, I also have my husband who, 
you know he's usually below our our music studios upstairs in our attic and you know he's below and if i come down and he's like that sounded really fucking cool then i'm like okay i'll, I'll listen to it again but if he's just like are you done <laughs> you <know? laughs> then i know like maybe don't listen to that one just don't even just delete it <laughs> nice yeah yeah you know? that's really well that's cool though because like, yeah i guess that's that little like, external affirmation that's just like okay it's done it's out it's up yeah it's all yeah, i need like over yeah. yeah 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 that's great um with Pamelia, i mean i struggled to find much about this record online which kind of or, or, or Pamelia generally right there was a there's a, a ted talk with familiar uh-huh. from like i think like 2000 and it's dated 2002 i don't know whether that's when it happened but she's just like tremendous and yeah such a lovely lovely energy comes through but like what other music this is kind of a selfish question because I'm just intrigued as to like yeah. what else to check out. But like, is there are there other records by Familia that you discovered after this point that also resonate with you as well? Um, you know she she doesn't she hasn't recorded much more by herself at all. Um, mm. she's in another she's in a band called Barbez um, that performs occasionally. But they're they're kind of hard to find recordings of them. I think maybe because Zadik Records put this album out, and I think Barbez has some stuff through Zadik Records too. Right. Um. And they they I think they're I think uh for the most part her recorded works are way harder to find. Um. And she's really more of a live performer. A uh-huh. lot of the time, and just is a lot of like live improvisation with people. Um, the other thing that makes it a little hard is I think she she was married, and I don't know if she still is or not. Yes. I don't want to, um, and changed her name, and I don't know if she pre- records under that name now. And I just haven't found any of her music. Yes. Or... <laughs> well, this is the thing. So when I was yeah. looking for videos, I noticed stuff coming up as Pamelia Stickney. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah i guess that just poses a, a bit of a challenge doesn't it makes things a bit of a, a rummage around the internet to to find things yeah. but um i found a record of her and someone called sebastian rockford which i listened to today and i was like this is absolutely my kind of thing but um is that the one with the piano like the experimental piano it's got it's, it's it sounds like it's um familiar and drums and oh cool okay that seems to be like the core of it but it just made me go what why isn't the theremin more of a thing i mean maybe it is i don't know what the um you know you've probably got more of a bustling scene than my little coastal town but i don't see <laughs> much theremin happening I, there's a few people that come to mind but it just really surprised me because it seems like such a versatile awesome instrument with so much going on but if you encountered much more, I bought a theremin, huh? And and I tried to play it, <laughs> and I actually right. wrote to her and I said, "Do you have any hot tips? And can I bug you occasionally for how to play theremin?" She's like, "Absolutely, anytime." Oh, wicked. And she the the first list of things she said was, "Stand against the wall and try to play it without making your body move while you're breathing, because every moment that you're breathing." <sighs> 
oh is going words. to detune and retune. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she gave me some other pointers, like go like in order to figure out like your your range you know like make it sound so it's gonna be like the deepest lowest fart you can find and then like (laughs) the highest pitch that you really want and that's how you will have your your tuning range and stuff and then yeah just lean against the wall and try not to breathe real heavy (laughs) try not (laughs) see what you can do (laughs) stop breathing if you can uh yeah wow and and i i tried for about a year and i got okay um but i realized that i really would just have more fun playing my synthesizer (laughs) (laughs) and then i would leave it to the pros (laughs) yeah fair um i mean did you ever record anything with it uh yeah but it was like it was like mike Patton style so just like (laughs) you know like it's not it's not good you know Okay, Vern, let's go to your final important record. I love how eclectic these are. So what's uh, your final record in the list? Harvey Milk, my love is higher than your assessment of what my love could be. This awesome. record. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, unpack that good Lord for me. Why is this one in the list? What What makes it an important record for you? I mean... For me, I think Harvey Milk is one of the best bands of all time. Um, <laughs> I think they are highly ignored, and it is a travesty. <laughs> they don't have, they don't, they don't have what they deserve. Um, mm. I think this is one of the most important bands ever. There, it's just this album just ranges from like complete like guttural depression to like yeah this like crazy like it's just it's an insane record that hits all of these strings in my mind all of these like it plucks all my heart strings it it just it like it's like the sound of rage and hate and love and passion and it's just Ugh, I, d- I don't know. I, I become speechless. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, that was that was a good start. I mean, um, <laughs> do, do you remember how you first discovered it? Yeah. Um, back in 2004 or five, I started playing um, in a metal band and someone in the band was like, have you ever heard this this band harvey milk and i said no and they put they put on um they put on their their like 90s album and right and i was just like what the fuck (laughs) i just i just like i couldn't i couldn't handle it i was just so (laughs) i was like what is happening right now um right uh and and i thought that i was never gonna see the band because when when i was showed this band 
they were no they weren't playing anymore um and so i was just showed this band harvey milk and i was like oh my god like (laughs) you know like okay well (laughs) (laughs) thanks for thanks for existing i'm sorry you're not going to be here anymore like you know yeah. Uh, and then they got back together with Joe Preston and put right. out an album. And I was, I saw them live and I cried. I like, I don't normally cry, but oh, like, I, wow. I cried well, at the show. <laughs> when did you see them? When was that? Oh, I saw them in, okay. Yeah. So 2008. Yeah. Gotcha. They played in San Francisco and no one was there. Really? It was totally under advertised and they started the show early. There were That's people outrageous. coming in as they were ending their set at like ten o'clock. <laughs> that is, and unreal. everyone was so upset. You know, like it was just—it was another one of those things where it's like this band isn't getting what they deserve, right? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Um. But yeah, I got to see them play and with Joe Preston, which was like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, could it get any better? No. <laughs> it can't <laughs> yeah oh for sure yeah i mean I, i'm guessing does your connection with joe preston go back to melvin's um um yeah i mean that's i had learned i had learned about joe from the melvin's um his album when they did that three um they each did a separate album kind of like kiss did his was always my favorite because of the baby crying the song with like it was like lounge music in the background and this kid is like i want my mommy (laughs) for like a long time wow (laughs) and i was just like this is incredible (laughs) uh and then thrones like i heard thrones and you know like some of the best music ever (laughs) like yeah yeah wow yeah me and my dad saw thrones um play live in in birmingham but my dad didn't know what to do with himself <laughs> he like, what with... is happening right yeah. now <laughs> why did my son's eyes roll back in his head um, <laughs> so it's a big day for him but um okay right so yeah so um melvin's and thrones and i yeah. mean he's been involved in so much hasn't he yeah it's crazy <laughs> um yeah he's he's on like most of my favorite albums it's pretty great <laughs> well i was gonna ask in fact because you kind of you did like a call and response thing with joe right on a track by dead yes you, yeah. yeah so how yeah. how did that come about and what was that like okay so dead um they those magic boys those guys <laughs> oh my gosh they reached out to my metal band in like 2000 and 13 or 14 and they were coming to the united states to play total fest and go on tour and someone at total fest said hey you know there's this band prize hog and i think the drummer uses the same drum kit that that jace uses or that jem uses sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) uh that jem uses uh you should hit them up and we were not good at using our email at all and not good at checking out bands or anything online and just kind of ignored it (laughs) (laughs) and then we got to montana for total fest and we got there really late at night and there was this after party going on and we went to it and there's this two-piece just 
fucking destroying. <laughs> and we're all like, who the hell is this? And it turned out to be this this band that contacted <laughs> us and wanted to know if we wanted to go on tour with them and if they could share gear with us. And we were like, God damn it. <laughs> We really fucked up. <laughs> um, so as soon as they were done, we were like, I mean, I think I was like kind of asleep, but I woke up a little bit and then went back to sleep while they were playing and then woke up again and was like, oh, you guys are great. And, and we kind of became fast friends immediately. And uh, a couple years later, we were supposed to do a tour together, our band, my band and, and their band. And then my band broke up. Oh, and, shucks. And then this other band they were also supposed to go on tour with, their band broke up too. (laughs) And I was kind of, I was playing synth, but I was like playing bass synth. And then the bass player from the other band. So us, us bass players are sad bass players. (laughs) We took, we took dead on tour (laughs) together. (laughs) Um, And at the end of that tour, I got to record with them. And, um, I I did like the end track for for uh for one of their like they did like a a four LP three part box set I think they called it the trilogy but there was four parts it's <laughs> nice. it's dead um, <laughs> uh, and I was on one of the records and then uh and it was it was just really fun and and then they were doing another release and they were like we want you and Joe to do a song together and I was like holy crap cool <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of what happened we we you know they sent tracks and we just did some exchanges back and forth and i i got everything after joe added his part and i was like all right here we go <laughs> hopefully i don't disappoint you guys <laughs> oh ace that's so good to return to to harvey milk as well um mm why is this record the important one they've done obviously a bunch um familiar with a couple one of theirs got put on this podcast already by Mathieu the guitarist in um Big Brave Uh, he picked a small turn of human kindness which is amazing but yeah obviously uh, everything I've heard has been of outrageous quality why is this the one that pokes through for you I you know I don't know it just it's always the one that like it's it's a it's I think it's kind of the weirder one yeah which I'm I'm always kind of more inherently attracted to something that's like off a bit (laughs) (laughs) um but the track the anvil will fall is just like I Mm. don't know there's just something about it I don't know (laughs) yeah you know like it's just like no this is just it this is this is it like this is all i need if i had to like only have one record i had to listen to over and over again forever i would possibly pick this record like i don't know i don't know why yeah 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 yeah. i mean because that's the one with like the the gustav holst bit in the middle where he's like Mm -hmm. singing over it right yeah Um, that sounds bizarre now like to you know however many thought 30 nearly 30 years after it came out yeah and they played that live when i saw them and i like lost my shit I wow I was, just, I was just like oh my god oh, that's so good oh. yeah there's there's so many moments on this one that seem 
I'm intrigued to see if there's any more as well that like jolt out in your head while we're talking about it. But there's, I mean, this is because I think I just finished listening to it before we started <laughs> talking. But there's like a sort of cowbell sound in the last track. Um, oh like yeah, like a really rusty a, clunk. What? Yeah, what is that? It's an anvil. Oh right. Um, okay. If you if you uh, go go to the YouTube hole, uh, there are videos <laughs> of them performing this song, and he's got an anvil and a hammer on stage, Creston Spears, and he's just yelling and fucking smashing that thing down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And and I think that's something that you know about this band that is truly special is like you know there are a lot of bands who like try to be heavy mm. but like this band is inherently like the heaviest like it's just like, yeah yeah like they they, it's just like, you know like an anvil like yeah <laughs> like an actual anvil <laughs> yeah they've won you know yeah <laughs> yeah I, I also was i think really surprised with this one to hear within this context of like basically a, a crawling sort of doom record sometimes just mm-hmm. really really bizarre elements i think they've got a sound that when they're kind of doing that doom thing it feels like a reduced minimalist doom record like it's the the, the last place you think you're gonna hit gustav holst or you know a clunky anvil i think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because because i think ultimately these guys are aliens and they're not they're not from they're not from here and there's you know something's something's wrong and they're trying to get that beacon home you know (laughs) 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 so they're just going all into the it's like introspective like this the the, it's all guttural you know Mm, mm -hmm. bizarre in inside music coming out in a monstrous way (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah is it one you still listen to now oh yeah absolutely always on heavy rotation ace uh It, it, it it you know, sometimes I even put it on at work. If I put it on at work, it means I'm having a bad day and people need to be nice to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, y'all better back off because I'm not feeling good. <laughs> I'm going to make you listen to this whether you like it or not. <laughs> I was going to ask, is that, yeah, headphones or speakers? Uh, if, I, if I'm, you know, sometimes it'll be headphones if I'm really, really, really mad because I need it to be very loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, see, I find it really interesting with like, um, I don't really have an uh, an office where communal listening can take place, but where you've got an office of people and choosing what goes on the stereo, particularly if it's records. Like, do you have a <laughs> do you have a fair system to make sure that people aren't like, I can't listen to this Harvey Milk record again today? <laughs> oh yeah, like I mean, I don't work with I. I my current position is very chill, and um, I don't actually get angry at work at my new job which is cool oh that's good yeah (laughs) but uh, and we're very like we all have the same taste and like it's just like whoever feels like picking something will do it but uh in the past um you know i've i've tried to be like fairly democratic about stuff and generally would never put something like this on because Mm. i know that it would just annoy most people (laughs) make them feel uncomfortable um so it's definitely you know if if i ever did pull that card where i was like all right i'm putting on harvey milk right now (laughs) it's like because i'm feeling like a spiteful person (laughs) and don't care about anyone's comfort level (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) 
Fern, I've got one more question for you, which is about how you tend to buy music these days. Like, what's the primary way you do that? Do you have a favorite format? Yeah, what does buying music look like for you? Um, I try to go to the record store as much as I can um, and buy... I like to buy used records a lot. Um, mm. But I also buy a lot of music on Bandcamp, just like directly from artists as much mm -hmm. as I can or, you know, through their website or whatever. Um, I have a lot of digital music, but I prefer to listen to tapes and records and CDs. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And yes, CDs, that's right. Yeah, CDs, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, they're not as popular here, but they're getting more popular again, I think. I don't know. Um, yeah, kind of force of hand, right, with the... Um, yeah distro for the other two being so like not distro manufacture beg your pardon being so difficult yeah totally um yeah so that's that's basically it i don't like streaming platforms at all i actually can honestly say i've never had a spotify account nice uh, <laughs> i hate i hate it <laughs> uh, yeah awesome yeah. um and in terms of when you listen to music day to day like is there a are there particular places that your music listening tends to happen most or like favorite places um music listening kind of happens everywhere <laughs> um in that i have like we have ways to listen to music in almost every room of the house and love to blast it in the car um i think yeah my favorite is just like on a long road trip blasting an album is my most favorite nice. thing awesome Vern, thank you so much. It's been awesome to speak to you about, I mean, firstly, your upcoming tour, all the best for that, and the split, and your three important records as well, which were, like I say, super eclectic, and I had a great time with them. I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> no trouble. And yeah. to everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.